Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Good morning and welcome to LCM's interim results presentation. LCM has performed um, really strongly um, during a period um, of considerable interruption as a consequence of COVID. Um, We've all um, experienced um, interruption uh, and disruption over the past two years, but from LCM's um, business and the location of its office, um, this last six months, you know, um, July through to December has been uh, most disrupted. Notwithstanding that, we've delivered um, some really strong um, financial results. So just going through the highlights, starting with our funds management business, which investors know we commenced in March 2020. We commenced that business with a fund of 150 million US dollars. Um, during the last interim period, we finally fully committed that fund inside the 24 months, which was the mandate of that fund. So, really pleased with our performance in respect of committing that fund fully in pretty disrupted environments inside that period. We have commenced um, fund two, uh, we've targeted 300 million dollars in, in terms of a raise to that. Um, we have placed 200 million of that already with existing investors and we're in the process of placing that um, final 100 million dollars. We we've commenced committing that fund um, with quality investments and we expect to um, fully commit that fund um, over the next 24 month period. In terms of revenue generated over the period, up significantly as against the previous period to $19.3. Applications and commitments during the period down slightly, and that is as a consequence of the disruption, and I'll go into a little more detail about that. In terms of a management update, um, uh, I have moved um, to the UK now um, as my permanent residence. We now have um, central management and control of LCM um, from our London office. That is going to drive quite considerable efficiencies, given that all of the executives are now operating up in the same time zone um, and out of the same office, um, creating an opportunity for us to really drive um, growth. And then finally, in terms of highlights, I've spoken to the market and to investors previously and indicated that there should be an expectation that as LCM grows the scale of its litigation finance business and its asset management business, we should see some downward pressure on the performance of our individual investments. Now, notwithstanding that expectation, in the past six months, as a running measure of LCM's performance, those performance metrics have actually gone up. So we now at the 10 and a half year mark of measuring every single investment that we have concluded during that period, inclusive of losses, have generated a cumulative IRR of 79% and a return on invested capital of 162%. So really, really pleased that we've been able to um, maintain that really high standard of performance in respect of um, investments which have resolved during the period. And just now turning to, you know, the building of scale, which is something that we're very focused on as a management team. And just touching upon the process of growth. So growth in terms of LCM's business is really about growing assets under management and growing the portfolio of assets under management. The start of that funnel really is applications. Now, applications were down slightly in the six-month period, July through to December. 
for one really important reason. And that was that that six-month period, we experienced the greatest number of lockdowns in the geographies that we operate that we have during the entire COVID period. So we think about um, our offices here in London, um, our office and and the the greater economy was locked down uh, for a period of about two months of that six-month period. If we travel um, then down to Singapore, the entire six-month period um, was was uh, operated in a period of lockdown, and in Australia, it was effectively from July through to October, um, differing between states. So, um, investors should recognise the fact that it's very, very hard for us to operate um, in a normal fashion um, when our investment managers are really confined um, to their own homes. And not only are our investment managers confined to their own homes, but also our referring parties as well, being lawyers or insolvency practitioners. So a really, really disruptive period and the most disruptive period um, during the whole two years of COVID. Um, But notwithstanding that, we still um, performed strongly. So we had applications down slightly. Um, We also had commitments down slightly. In relation to commitments, though, it is worth noting that In the prior period, um, we did have one large corporate portfolio um, transaction which accounted for a large proportion of that capital commitment. That was scaled back during the the quarter just passed simply because we had a change in ownership of um, LCM's counterparty. We perceived that as representing risk, so we scaled that back. So in real terms, we actually have improved um, the level of commitments during that period if that um, transaction is taken into account. So generally... What we're seeing um, off the back of the period, and that is the first two months, um, January and February of this calendar year, we're already seeing an uptake and an upkick in terms of the number of applications and the number of commitments we've made. So assets under management, as at the end of the period, 31st December, $343 million. But just to the 8th of March, that's increased to $386 million. So we Rather hope that we're seeing really a return to normality in terms of our operations, albeit measured only through the first two months of this calendar year. And just moving on to the next slide, I'll get Mary um, to um, talk to some of the um, financial highlights. So we're pleased to, to deliver a strong set of results in the half year ending 31st of December 2021. Gross revenue is up 19.2 million versus a 7.7 million in the prior period, up 149%. Um, That obviously filters down to gross profit being up at 13.8 million. It's important to be mindful that in the early growth stages of the portfolio, and we have said this before, that revenue will flow through at irregular intervals and not to focus too much on one half year period versus the next. The importance is to look at the KPIs to ensure that we continue to commit and continue to invest and and convert those opportunities that present themselves to us. That being said, we had adjusted profit of 7.4 million, which was up significantly on the prior period. That coupled with disciplined cost management led to a statutory profit of 4.3 million, and that's after 2.2 million of interest expenses and 0.9 million of non-operating expenses. The revenue for the year as well was mainly attributable to the to the um, previously announced um, international arbitration, which contributed eight point four million to the gross revenue line and thirteen point three million to the gross profit line. Cash at the end of the year was thirty point three million, showing that we've got enough capital to keep us going with investing in existing opportunities as well as new opportunities and providing a bridging facility 
while we wait for that maturing portfolio, which Patrick will touch upon a little bit later, but while we wait for that maturing portfolio to crystallise um, organic cash flow. Investment at cost at the end of the period was 97.2, up 36%. And total capital invested was down at 13.9%. But this is simply a reflection of where each of the investments in our portfolio is at in its life cycle. Um, in the prior period, there were a number of balance sheet investments which were at a very capital intensive stage and required a lot of capital um, based on the, the, the stage that they were at. This isn't a trend, um, but it just shows that we, we, we will continue to put our capital to work, um, but that number will fluctuate from period to period. The balance sheet overview, again, it touches upon some of the points in the previous slide. Capital invested, 13.9% is down on the prior period. However, what we want to focus on here is that cash generation is up 20.6 million versus the prior period at 10.6. We expect to see that continue to rise as we see our maturing portfolio start to crystallise. We do have quite a few that have reached, you know, very mature stages. Um, and it, like I said, Patrick will touch upon that in a, in a further slide. And we do have cash at the end of the period, which allows us to continue to invest in our existing portfolio, but also to invest in new opportunities as they come and to invest in the in fund two alongside our third party fund. Again, the cash flow waterfall just shows that a lot of the movement in cash is predominantly around our investment activities in line with previous periods. We see that a lot of the cash comes from the generation of cash from resolutions and a lot of the capital deployment showing that we continue to put our capital to work with expenses being managed carefully. I will turn over to Patrick now. In terms of the, um, the profile um, of LCM's combined portfolio, <clears throat> what we're seeing here is, again, additional investments moving into a stage or that part of their life cycle where we would expect them to resolve. And we're giving a little bit more granular detail in respect of that. But first touching upon this issue about what is the average life, what is the average period in respect of um, our investments to date. I think we've spoken to the market more generally and to investors and said that we have an expectation that our investments will elongate slightly from between 25 and 27 months, which is our historic life of investments, through to probably 36 to 42 months in the future. We've been saying that for a couple of years now, and we still do expect that dynamic to come into play. But at the 10 and a half year mark, in terms of measuring the life um, of these investments from first deployment through to um, actual recovery, at the 10 and a half year mark, we're still tracking at 27 months, um, which is probably shorter than most of our um, industry competitors. But there's two reasons why we have an expectation that the life of these investments will elongate slightly. And the first one is the effects of COVID. There's, there's no doubt uh, been delays which have been occasioned progression of our investments out of dispute investments as they travel through the court process or the arbitral process. Now, any of those investments that were entered into uh, pre-COVID or during COVID will undoubtedly experience some delays. And the second dynamic at play is that um, with a larger capital base and with the diversity of our capital structure, it's allowing LCM to to fund um, larger disputes with larger capital commitments. The reason why we haven't um, tended to um, fund these large and more complex disputes in the past is simply we they would have represented um, concentration risk in respect of the building a balanced portfolio. Um, as LCM's uh, pool of capital grows, we can safely move into that part of the market um, without our 
portfolio more generally suffering from concentration risk. Now, when investors um, should think about the elongation of uh, the life cycle of these investments, they shouldn't be concerned that that um, in any way erodes the performance of those investments. And the reason for that is, is that when we enter into these contracts for the provision of, of finance and risk management associated with disputes, we price them such that we have an increasing multiple over time. So elongation um, often increases the performance um, in favour of LCM um, as opposed to eroding that performance. So what we're seeing here in respect of the portfolio more generally is a move towards that period between 27 months historically and the 36 to 42 months which we're predicting. So we're coming into a period where we have an expectation that there's going to be more, more realisations. And if we just move to the next slide, we're giving a lot more granular detail here than we have in the past about what is really happening inside our portfolio. And the first thing to, to observe here is with respect to our direct investments, and that is investments that we are making directly from balance sheet where equity investors enjoy the full economic upside of the resolutions, we have three judgments which have been awarded in favour of LCM's funded party where either they're subject to an appeal or alternatively they're subject to the money flowing through and payment being received. Now, if you think about these investments in terms of their risk profile, there's principally three areas of risk that we concentrate during our due diligence process, which in respect of a dispute which has been subject to an adjudication already in our favour, has been highly de-risked. And those three areas are the facts, the application of the law to facts, and then the recovery risk associated with that. So if you think about where we have a judgment or an award um, in favour of LCM's funded party, therefore the facts have been adjudicated, the law's been adjudicated, and in circumstances where there's an appeal in respect of that, often the actual sum which has been awarded has been paid into the court or been paid into a solicitor's trust account, so we don't have that recovery risk. So those investments have been highly de-risked for us, and if you look statistically at when those awards at first instance are overturned, it's a very, very low statistical success rate in respect of that. In other words, there's a very, very high probability that the LCM will get paid in respect of those investments once that award has been the subject of an appeal or it's been paid. And if we um, continue on with that path, we've got four direct investments which have had final hearings and we're awaiting a judgment or an award. And we have four direct investments which have been allocated hearing dates in the next 12 months. So investors can see in respect of LCM direct investment portfolio that there's some granular detail around the progression of that and how close we are at actually making some material um, uh, recoveries in respect of that. Then if we look at Fund 1, we've got six Fund 1 investments which have got final hearing dates during this calendar year, and we have two Fund 1 investments which have had their final hearing and we're awaiting awards. So that gives us a little more granular detail about the progression of LCM's portfolio more generally. And the final point there in terms of the investment portfolio is just an observation um, that we want to bring to investors' attention about the expanding market in the Asian region and most particularly in Singapore. In 2017, we had parliaments in both Singapore and Hong Kong pass legislation to permit litigation finance specifically in relation to international arbitration. Now, both Singapore and Hong Kong are both hubs for the resolution of international trade disputes 
and LCMCs. A lot of opportunities coming through our Singapore office um, in relation to that. Now, what has happened in Singapore is they've expanded the categories um, of disputes which can benefit from litigation finance to domestic arbitrations, and LCM was the first funder in that region to fund a domestic arbitration, and then more recently has permitted litigation finance of disputes which were adjudicated by the Singapore International Commercial Court. Again, LCM was there funding the first of those after the passing of legislation. So what I would invite investors to think about when, we, when, when I give that information out is you have an expanding market in the Asian region for litigation finance, and that's something that we can very much capitalise at LCM um, being on the ground um, in that jurisdiction. And just moving on from there and looking at um, LCM's um, portfolio investments. So the first one is our direct investments. As I mentioned before, these are investments made directly from LCM's balance sheet where equity participants enjoy the full economic upside of the resolution of these. So we have 113 million Australian dollars worth of direct investments where LCM is responsible for 100% of the capital commitment. In other words, we're funding that entire dispute from our balance sheet. We've got a further $78 million of direct investments which are co-invested alongside our funds management business. And of that, we've invested already $117 million with $74 million to go. If we look at the profile of these investments or this portfolio of investments, Again, we're always striving for balance across the portfolio. So we've got balance as between industry sector, across jurisdiction, and across capital commitment in respect of concentration risk. So if investors look at that um, right-hand pie chart there, you'll see um, some larger investments and then a series of a much greater number of smaller investments. And that really represents the transition from uh, 100% balance sheet investments across to this co-investment model with our asset management or our funds management business. So what that pie chart really depicts is um, a portfolio in a state of flux and transition. And then moving across to fund one, we're fully committed fund one inside the 24-month mandate for commitments and we've done that during an entirely disrupted period from March 2020 um, through to date. Um, so $213 million Australian dollars has been committed by that fund, 75 um, has been deployed or invested to date. Again, we've built this portfolio out with the same investment thesis with diversity across industry sector, diversity across jurisdiction, and again, ensuring that no one particular investment constitutes concentration risk with respect to that portfolio. And Investors should expect the next time we report to market um, with our full-year results that we will be reporting then on our fund two and the commitment level of that and, and the beginnings of the mix of that portfolio as it's coming to market. And then uh, moving on, I want to talk really about where LCM is as a business in its evolution. And there's really three essential elements to establishing a successful litigation finance business. And the first one is having the ability to accurately underwrite the risk associated with these investments. And this is really about choosing which of those disputes to invest in and which ones not to invest in. And this is a skill that really can't be transposed across purely from practicing law. 
it's a skill that needs to be built up over a period of time and it really needs to be built up through bitter experience. Now, LCM is fortunate to be a pioneer in the industry of litigation finance. We're in our 23rd year now of providing litigation finance into the market. We have you know, a long and very strong track record of performance with respect to those investments. And we probably have the benchmark or best of class when it comes to that performance over the last 10 and a half years. So in respect of acquiring that necessary skill and expertise in underwriting, LCM has achieved that and we will continue to hone those skills and improve as we go forward, the more investments we participate in and the more investments we resolve. The second really essential element to a litigation finance business is access to capital and meaningful amounts of capital. So if you think about investing in disputes as being a very capital intensive enterprise, and secondly, there are investments which are illiquid. So once you invest in a dispute, you have to see that through to a conclusion. There's no um, secondary market that these investments can be readily um, sold into Um, once you start investing into them. So you really need really strong uh, capital backing uh, when you're building a portfolio, a diverse portfolio of disputes. If you think about what LCM has achieved in recent years in terms of diversifying its capital structure, it's in the process of transitioning from 100% balance sheet investments to an asset management or funds management model, which gives us really access to larger amounts of capital, which allows us to build bigger portfolios of disputes and diversify the risk. It also has the effect of, over time, smoothing our revenue line. So the larger the portfolios of investments um, that we have and the more diversity we have, the more Uh, liquidity events or revenue events that we will have during a given period and that should have a smoothing effect uh, over time. Now, LCM is fortunate enough to have um, very sophisticated and high quality investors in its asset management business or its funds management business and some of those cornerstone investors um, at an institutional level have entrenched rights to participate in LCM's third and fourth funds. So in terms of capital, Um, necessary to support a successful litigation finance business, you certainly need to have significant capital backing. You can't raise that capital until you have the underwriting expertise and the track record. And then the final element to this is the origination component. And that really is getting access to the best quality investment opportunities in the form of disputes globally. Now, that origination platform really can't be built out until you have the first two elements being the underwriting expertise and the capital behind you. Now, LCM is very good at originating its investment opportunities currently, but that is the part of the business that we are now entirely focused on building out so that we can build scale into this business, so that we can really put the large pools of capital that we now have access to work and applying the underwriting expertise that we've developed over our 23-year history putting that capital to work. So we've focused upon that part of the business and that part of the business now can be really focused upon given that we have central management and control now operating out of our London office. So just moving forward, this is this is a metric that we haven't shared with the market previously and it's a three-year running performance metric. So we have given the metric for the last 10 and a half years with respect to all investments 
But this really tracks that on a three-year rolling basis. Now, we've picked a three-year basis because we have an expectation that our investments will probably have a life of about three years, 36 months to 42 months. So we're giving you that rolling metric. And what this importantly shows is really the life cycle of a single investment and how that might roll over and how we have performed over the last 10 and a half years. And what's really interesting there is it's quite a, a smooth transition, but it does demonstrate that over the last three years, we have improved in terms of our return on invested capital. And then moving forward to the next slide, this is really a quick snapshot of our last resolution of a project. Now, this was an arbitral dispute. The seat of the arbitration was London. It was the London Court of International Arbitration. It was a construction dispute arising in the Middle East. The law was English law. It was a Jordanian contractor which built a large infrastructure project in the Middle East. Now, when the dispute arose with the head contractor, a decision was made inside that building and construction service provider that they didn't want to use their own capital. They wanted to source an external capital source to pursue that dispute. We undertook in the first instance that diligence process internally and then cross-check that with an external due diligence as well. Now, the life of that investment was uh, 26 months. We invested 5.1 million Australian dollars. The revenue that was generated from that investment was $18.4 million and a contribution towards EBITDA, 13.3. Now, that investment yielded an IRR uh, over its life of 109% and a return on invested capital of 261% or 2.6% one times. Now, that is a demonstration of what a, a typical investment might look like and perhaps the drivers um, of the funded party as to why they're seeking an external source of capital. And just moving on to the outlook as we see it, in terms of LCM's development, we now have the central executive management here in the London office. That will drive significant efficiencies. We are now operating in the same time zones, which will allow us really to focus upon um, building scale inside uh, this business. I've talked about the evolution of um, LCM as a business and indeed any litigation finance business. We are now wholly focused upon building out our origination platform, which will give us access to the very best dispute investments across the globe. And that will allow us to apply the underwriting expertise that which we've developed over the years and put that capital, which we now have access to, to work. The market conditions more generally as they present, we're coming off the back of the very considerable disruption with COVID. Uh, we're seeing an increase in inflation um, across global economies. Uh, we're seeing geopolitical um, instability, uh, particularly um, in Europe. And what that does is that tends to drive um, the demand for an external source of capital by corporations. So instability and uncertainty in global markets really um, force or, or encourage the conservative manager of a company to use their own capital towards core business and look to external sources of capital to fund um, non-core business items um, such as disputes. The second thing we're seeing in the market um, really is the rolling off of stimulus packages um, globally and secondly the relaxing of the monitoriums that have been put in place to prevent insolvent companies being wound up. Now governments globally 
have stopped the winding up of companies or had stopped the winding up of companies during COVID simply because they didn't want um, that happening in the market um, and shocking the market. Those have rolled off now. We're seeing an increase in the number of insolvency events which are happening in all of the ge geographies in which we operate. And we expect that to translate um, in the next sort of 12 to 18 months um, into really good opportunities for LCM and respective insolvency funding. Now, investors would know that um, LCM being a pioneer in this industry, um, it, it, its history is very much rooted in funding disputes that arise out of insolvency. We have particular expertise and we have particular uh, long and deep referral uh, relationships with respect to those um, types of disputes. So we're going to, we, we see the market conditions are being very favourable both respect to um, insolvency and restructuring related disputes, but also into the wider, um, the wider demand for an external source of capital. We have a portfolio more generally, which is reaching maturity. So we should see an increase in the number of solutions in the current period in the coming 12 months. And we've given sort of more granular detail about that to the market. And finally, we are growing our assets under management, which is very much LCM's focus. So we're growing our asset management business, which in turn grows um, our overall assets under management. So what we're seeing overall here is a greater access to capital, um, uh, allowing us to really to capitalise upon our expertise and market conditions, which should be very, very conducive to um, LCM's growth in the future. So looking forward, um, we're feeling very, very positive about um, the 12-month period ahead. And we'll move now to questions. You've referred a little to inflation, but I don't know whether there's more to say. The, the question says, there's an expectation that inflation will increase over the next few years. How might it affect the business? Look, I don't think it has a direct effect. I think perhaps the way to think about inflation is that um, litigation finance is an utterly uncorrelated asset class. Therefore, um, when you are investing directly into disputes, which are adjudicated by a judge or tribunal, um, uh, inflation is not a factor which influences the outcome of that. So in some way, you're getting um, a shelter from the otherwise effects that, that inflation might have on, on other asset classes um, and other investments. Thank you very much. And there's been much talk of late of the use of artificial intelligence and analytics to reduce costs, to speed up the appraisal of applications and to increase the chance of success. To what extent is LCM using or planning to use this technology and what effect will this have on both LCM and the wider industry future returns? Yeah, so I, th I think um, artificial intelligence um, is um, coming ahead in leaps and bounds. We're not yet at a stage in our industry where it makes a meaningful impact in terms of bringing efficiencies to the process of evaluating uh, a potential investment uh, or a dispute for the purposes of an investment. That is still very much a, a process which requires um, human intervention. Um, where we are seeing um, the use of artificial intelligence is as, as a lead generation opportunity. So really scraping um, vast amounts of data out of the marketplace in terms of what disputes are happening in a given jurisdiction and filtering those such that they can be um, addressed as an opportunity for an investment. I think that we've still got a little way to go before it will be actually used as a tool to bring about efficiencies um, for evaluating whether that's a suitable investment or not. So I think we're in the process 
I mean, LCM is trialing and continues to trial a number of products which come onto the market and a number of new initiatives. So far, um, we've not yet found um, an AI tool which really does um, replace in any meaningful way um, the human uh, assessment which is required for, for determining whether these investments should be made or not. Thank you. And how much of the 97.2 million of investments are not in the fund, i.e. wholly owned by LCM? The 97.2 that's um, shown on the slide are exclusive of third-party funds. So that is LCM's 100% direct investments and the 25% contribution that relates and is purely attributable to the LCM portion of their investment. Thank you. And are all of the half one new commitments in the fund? And if not, what percentage are wholly owned? Yeah, so, so the mandate that we've got in respect of our funds management business is for all new originated investments that meet the mandate for the fund uh, to go into the fund and LCM through its balance sheet participates as to a 25% of the capital commitment or the investment uh, amount in respect of those. Now, the philosophy in, in relation to that from a balance sheet perspective and through the balance sheet to equity participants is that we diversify those uh, every investment dollar that, that LCM has across a far wider group uh, of disputes than simply putting uh, larger sums into one dispute. So it really does diversify the risk for equity participants. And that is that is one of the things that we are trying to achieve in a transition from LCM funding 100% of the capital commitment across to this co-funding arrangement which we've entered into with our funds management business. Thank you. And as you're now headquartered and listed in the UK, is there likely to be more UK investment compared to Australia? And would that lead you to report in sterling? So I think um, I think the way we think about this, and I think our experience has been that, you know, we, we are in the business of investing in disputes. Um, where do you have your most disputes? Where you have your most economic activity? And where does the most economic activity happen in the largest economies in the world? So you would naturally expect that the opportunities and the disputes which we're seeing here in the United Kingdom uh, will be far greater in number than the disputes that we would ever expect to see out of the Australian economy, simply driven by size. Now, if we look um, at Singapore, probably slight, slightly different dynamic there because you're getting um, international disputes, which choose Singapore and to a lesser extent Hong Kong as being the seat for the res resolution of that dispute. So we're seeing a far greater number of disputes coming out of that region proportionate to the size of Singapore's economy. But in, in direct answer to that question, um, I would expect to see a greater number of um, disputes being funded um, out of um, the United Kingdom and out of continental Europe, and that is part of our focus. That's not to say we won't have a focus in Australia where, where this company came from. In terms of functional currency, um, that's really a question of, 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 of how much or what proportion of our revenue line um, is denominated in sterling, and there might a point where we need consideration to shifting that across into sterling. Thank you. And with the co-investment part of the funds, is the total fund assets under management inclusive of the LCM co-investment or is this separate? The, the number that's being shown shows the 100% portion of the assets that are being managed. So you've got the element that relates to the fund as well as the element that relates to the co-funding as well as balance sheet. Thank you. 
And of the six class actions on the website and being a decent proportion in value, where are these specifically at? So in terms of at can mean two things. So I think we, we in terms of jurisdiction, we split um, those between the Australian jurisdiction and the United Kingdom. So what we're seeing in the United Kingdom here is um, an increase in the number of class actions, particularly in the competition space. So if I look at this market and bring the experience that I've had in Australia, which has had a class action regime for very much longer, I'm seeing the UK market really developing in, in a similar way to what the Australian market did perhaps 10 or 15 years later than what has happened in Australia. In terms of where they're up to in the evolution of that investment or the life cycle of that investment, they're all different. So I think perhaps some of those investments that we've got um, um, in the Australian market or the Australian jurisdiction are very much more advanced in terms of um, progressing through the court process. Some of them are sort of right at the end and, and coming to a point where we would expect a resolution, whereas those um, competition-based um, representative or class actions um, here in the United Kingdom are at an earlier stage of their evolution or their life cycle. Thank you. And when do you expect LCM will start paying dividends? And what's your policy on paying out to shareholders? Look, I think um, LCM is very much in its growth mode. So um, we are very much um, um, seeking to reinvest um, the capital that we are generating organically from our investments back into growth. Um, as investors know, we have um, a small leverage uh, on our balance sheet, so we are utilising debt as a bridge to the organic generation of capital. So at, it's currently um, very inefficient for us to be paying out dividends um, to investors and then borrowing money back to continue with that growth cycle. Uh, that's um, pretty inefficient for us in terms of the evolution of this company and the opportunities that we have available to us. That said, um, we are working really hard towards reaching a point where we can start to pay dividends. It's very much uh, part of our philosophy is to pay dividends back to investors. But by the same token, that needs to be really balanced carefully against what the capital needs are to fulfil, you know, the expectations of growth. Thank you. And you're guiding future IRR returns to moderate, but also suggest that the lengthening of case resolution timescales could improve IRRs. What's the counterbalancing effect driving the expected moderation in IRRs? It's really, I think, when we're, when we're conducting this business at a much larger scale, a balance needs to be drawn between um, profitable and unprofitable investments. So uh, to this point in, in terms of LCM's history, uh, we have striven for the very highest performance in respect of each and every investment that we've got. As we start to scale this investment, a balance needs to be drawn between building scale and, and maintaining that really, really high and rigorous level. So it's really the difference, I, I think, between operating a very boutique um, investment, alternative investment manager, and building one that's going to have scale, which will allow us really to generate more meaningful levels of revenue, to smooth our revenue line and put us in a position where we can start paying dividends back to investors. So I can't really predict precisely where those IRRs um, will, will end up. But given that they've, they've 
um, operated in or around the sort of late 70s and into the early 80s. It's a remarkably high um, return on any across any investment class. There is room for us to move and to have some downward pressure on that and still perform at an incredibly high level in terms of our investments. And just to add to that, uh, even if the investments that we make are lengthening in time, um, it's important to remember that the way that we structure our investments and the pricing around our investments is that the longer they take, um, the higher the multiple um, that we attract on the capital being out. So that does ratchet up um, as the, the length of the investment goes on. A couple of questions around the change of board. You had a change of board in December with the statement that this would not have a material effect. Could you confirm that this is indeed the case and that operationally LCM has moved on? Yes, yeah, so, so, so let me deal with that. In terms of um, fiscal impact, there'll be no fiscal impact in respect of um, um, uh, Nick Rolls' departure from the company. Um, in, in terms of operational, um, I think most investors know that um, I have been involved in this industry um, from its very, very early days. I've done everything from sweeping the boardroom floors through to origination, through to underwriting risk, to undertaking due diligence, to taking a seat on the investment committee, to ultimately managing the business. So when I've come to London, um, it's very easy for me to, to lend my hand towards managing a team of, of originators, um, which, which we're doing. Um, we're doing that effectively here out of the London office. I think if we look at the very early um, metrics that we're getting um, in the first two months of this calendar year, we're seeing an uptick already with respect to applications and to commitments. I'm not for one moment suggesting that's um, because um, I'm managing this more effectively, but what I can say with some confidence is that I have absolutely no problem sort of stepping into that role of managing that origination team and indeed managing the entire team here in London. And we don't expect that there will be any interruption whatsoever with respect to, you know, the way that this company is growing and building scale. Thank you very much. And do the funds under management have any Russian exposure? And if so, how is this being managed? No, we don't have any Russian exposure and we don't um, have any exposure to the Ukraine either. So um, there's currently no need for us to be sort of managing anything. We have had a, a long and deep look at, at all of our investments and not only the, the counterparty to the investments, but also beyond that to see if there is any exposure. And we can say with confidence that there's no exposure um, to that geopolitical risk whatsoever. Thank you. And how many investments have you got in play at the moment? We have um, 54, um, which is 30 on the balance sheet and currently 24 live matters on the fund side. Thank you very much. And can you comment on the US litigation market and whether LCM has any plans to expand into that market? Yes, so the US market um, in terms of spend in respect of disputes given any 12-month period is the largest market globally by quite some margin. Um, given its largest spend with respect to disputes globally, it's an attractive market for a litigation financier to be. Um, if you look at the market penetration estimates with respect to litigation finance in the, in the US market, they're remarkably low, depending upon which survey you take, it's somewhere between half of 1% and 2%, which um, leaves an awful lot of opportunity there in the US market. I think at some stage, investors should expect um, that um, LCM will move into that market. Um, 
as with every other uh, market that we've moved into, we've done it in a very disciplined, methodical way. Um, we would not move into a market unless we could sort of put the um, most experienced boots on the ground um, in that market and, and operate in the same way that we have operated in our other markets. So it, it, it's a market that we have been studying for many years and at, at the appropriate time in a disciplined fashion, um, we will um, seek to, to move into this market. Thank you very much. And is your Australian office still profitable? And what, if any, are your plans for its future? Yeah, absolutely. All of our um, offices and indeed the profitability of that region is very, very good. Um, the fact that, that I have moved um, to, to the Northern Hemisphere and are now working out of the London office and living in London should not be interpreted in any way that we um, don't value really highly um, the opportunities that we're getting out of Australia. Um, you know, we have a lot of experience in that market, um, a good portion of our track record and our experience is built, being built in the Australian market and we have every intention of, of continuing to operate in that market. Now, um, you know, when, when I've left, um, I've left that region in the really capable hands of Susanna Taylor. Um, she worked closely with me um, in the Australian, uh, in our Sydney office, so she saved for sort of seven years um, prior to taking over that managerial position. And I have every every confidence that that um, region will continue to operate very profitably. As funds available to invest increase, how do you ensure the standard of investment criteria is maintained? I mean, there's one answer to that, and that's discipline. Um, you know, if you look um, at LCM's performance to date um, over the last 10 and a half years, um, that is a track record and, a, and, a, and an investment performance track record, which has been developed when we were a private company, when we were f um, uh, managing external funds and separately managed accounts, when we were a public company listed on the Australian Securities Exchange, and now when we're um, a public company listed on the London Securities Exchange. Now, I've been asked the question about performance metrics and standards um, through that entire process and it really just comes back to discipline. So we have been able to maintain the underwriting discipline um, and maintain the systems and methodologies which we have developed over the years through that entire progression and we're still performing as best in class. Um, so the best way to measure um, the discipline associated with due diligence is through performance. Thank you very much. How confident are you on completing Fund 2 and are you seeing the opportunities to be able to start committing this fund? We're certainly seeing the opportunities. We are starting to commit Fund 2 already and, you know, we are very confident that we'll be in a position where we can um, fully commit that within the 24-month period. Um, you know, when we think about what we've achieved in respect to Fund 1, it was a fund that we closed um, at the onset of covid uh, we've managed to commit that inside the 24-month commitment period, notwithstanding that we were operating this business in a way that we've never operated this business before, which is inability to go out there and originate opportunities in the way that we had done for the previous sort of 21 years of our existence. So as, as markets start to open back up and with the, the, the general market conditions very conducive towards litigation finance, I, I'm very confident that we'll be in a position to fully commit that fund within the 24 months. Tremendous. Thank you very much. That's the end of questions. Do you have any closing remarks, Patrick? 
Look, I think my closing remarks centered around the, the answer to that last question. I think, you know, when, when I think about the essential elements of this business, you know, us being able to apply um, the underwriting skills that we've developed over such a long period of time with the capital backing that we've now got and being able to put that capital to work and the market conditions as they're presenting themselves both with respect to demand for our capital from corporates and also um, an increase in, in the insolvency space, um, we're feeling really, really positive about the 12 months ahead. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.